Please turn with me in your scripture to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, we'll be reading verses 1 uh, through 10, 1 Peter 2 verses 1 through 10, it's been a little while since we've uh, been together uh, in 1 Peter, I wish I could have been here over our holidays, I heard you had lots of good guest ministers, always good to hear a guest minister, and but we're thankful for uh, Pastor Troxel and Pastor Pontier and uh, Pastor Garza, uh, and also for Moisa, who led one of our uh, services, uh, and others as well. But we're coming back to our study of 1 Peter chapter 2. You may recall last time we did look at the first three verses of 1 Peter 2, speaking about the, uh, the call for us to, uh, to be like a newborn infant when it comes to craving uh, the good things of God, the good, pure spiritual milk of His Word, that by it we may grow into salvation. And so this morning we want to continue in this uh, letter, uh, as you know, which is about uh, the Apostle Peter encouraging uh, the church that is living in a hostile environment, uh, in a hostile culture, and those kind of language of persecution and suffering will come more as we go through uh, this letter, but uh, you'll remember the first chapter, he reminded these uh, folks of the blessings they have in Christ, uh, inestimable blessings that they have received. Grace uh, has come uh, to them, and it has transformed them. And uh, so we come to 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 1 through 10. We'll be looking specifically at verses 4 and 5. So, writes the Apostle Peter, put away all malice and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us, we pray uh, today. Lord, help me as I preach, that you would give me uh, strength and energy to faithfully uh, proclaim this portion of Scripture. And Lord, we pray that you would give all of us uh, ears to hear, hearts to understand, and to believe uh, what we hear, that we might go forth and live uh, what we believe. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have uh, seen in this uh, letter uh, of Peter to the church, very uh, relevant uh, uh, portion of Scripture to us, of course, because as all Scripture is, uh, but in this particular context, the Apostle Peter 
uh, encouraging the church in a hostile culture. And we saw he did that by reminding us of two great truths, of course. One, we are strangers here in this world of sin, uh, but that we are also chosen by God and we are precious to him. And because we're precious to him, we've had all these blessings of grace that have come to us that has opened our eyes to the to the truth. He's called us to, to holiness. He's called us to likeness uh, to Christ. Uh, he's called us to set our eyes, of course, on the Lord. We've been born again, uh, not, by Im, not by perishable seed, but the imperishable abiding and a living word of God. And because that's the case, uh, we have this taste, we've tasted and seen uh, that the Lord is, is good. And so we have this um, we have this unquestionable thirst uh, for the pure, life-giving milk of the Word of God, uh, just like uh, newborn infants crave their mother's milk. And Peter has told us that when once we have tasted that the Lord is gracious, uh, His people will continually draw near uh, to Him for more uh, of Him. That's what an infant does, right? Craves his mother's milk, keeps coming uh, back. And as Peter describes it in this passage, the Christian life in many senses is a continual coming to the Lord. Notice what he says, verse 4. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we want to think this morning about stones. We want to think about uh, a building, and we want to think about uh, this spiritual house that God is building and asking ourselves the question, is this house your home? And so uh, we come to this passage. The Apostle Peter, of course, whenever he would talk about stones or rocks, of course, uh, was talking about something very dear uh, to his own heart. Uh, the rock or stone is a common image used in, in Scripture. But Peter's name, of course, you remember, means stone uh, or rock, whether you speak of him as Cephas or of Petros. Uh, his name, Peter, means rock. And he compares the, uh, the faithful stones, the faithful, that is, the faithful people of God, uh, to stones in the structure here of some magnificent building that's built on a sure foundation uh, with the chief cornerstone being the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And of course, the cornerstone is that stone laid by which all the other stones in the building and that foundation and upwards and so forth is lined up against and uh, takes its measure from uh, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Now, Peter, of course, was the rock man. He was given his name by Jesus himself in recognition of his grand confession. And it was in reference to Peter and Peter's confession of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, that Jesus said to him, and on this rock, I will build my church. Now, the rock, of course, and it's a common one in the Old Testament to represent God's faithfulness, stones, rocks. Uh, think of Isaiah uh, and the Psalms. God is described as the everlasting rock, the rock of Israel. He is the believer's, we read, strong rock and fortress. He is, says the psalmist, he's my rock and my fortress, my redeemer. Uh, now, why would that be? Well, the Old Testament, of course, 
uh, gives us that image of the rock or the stone uh, because it's characterized by strength. You think about a, a rock in the desert. Uh, it was heavy. It uh, symbolized protection from the sun. You think of a large rock out in the desert. Uh, animals and people get behind there. You try to find some shade from the sun. And it was a symbol of permanence. That is, uh, these rocks were immovable. They were large. Um, on our holiday, our family went to uh, Monument Valley in Utah, and we took that 17-mile uh, uh, enter-at-your-own-risk uh, road uh, that almost destroyed our van. Uh, but yet, it was beautiful as we uh, drove through uh, those red rocks in Monument Valley, uh, strong, permanent. Uh, they didn't look like they were going anywhere. And... Uh, but in the New Testament, you see, this rock becomes the living reality of a person named Jesus. He, uh, in the New Testament, is revealed as the life-giving rock. Now, you don't usually think about rocks as life-giving. Yes, strong, permanent, strong, uh, you know, protection, shade, and so forth. You don't usually think about them as giving you anything. But Jesus is the rock. 1 Corinthians 10.4 speaks of Israel as drinking from the spiritual rock in the wilderness, and that rock, the Bible says, was, was Christ. We're told in the scripture that the wise man will build his house upon a rock, that is the rock of, of, of Christ, and acknowledging him, confessing him. So the first point that we want to see uh, this morning, Jesus is the living stone, according to Peter. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen uh, and precious. You need to know this uh, as a Christian believer in the United States in 2022. Jesus uh, Christ is the living stone. Yes, rejected by men, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. Now, Daniel, you'd remember, had spoken of a, uh, a rock cut out of the mountain without hands that destroys all earthly kingdoms, and that rock itself grows up to be a, a mountain that fills the earth. A new kingdom uh, is coming. And speaking of himself in Matthew 21, Jesus refers to the stone the builders have rejected. In Romans 9, he's spoken of as the stumbling stone, you know, the stone you fall over. And here in 1 Peter, we read about the Lord Jesus in this way, a living stone rejected by men. Now, Jesus has been rejected as that stone by men. When he came, you might remember that there were few who recognized uh, his coming. There was Simeon and there was Anna. They were waiting for the consolation of Israel, we read in the Gospel of Luke. They believed that the Messiah was coming. But in the uh, Gospel of John, John says that Jesus, Jesus came to his own, uh, and his own did not receive him. That is, he came to the covenant people. He came to the people who, who had the word, they had the promises, they had the community, uh, but they did not receive him. They were not prepared for him. They were not prepared for how he would come and what he would do and what he would say. And for the great majority, they were unimpressed with this stone. He was truly rejected by men, and they called for his crucifixion. He was not the Savior they were looking for. He seemed weak and helpless. 
He seemed defeated rather than victorious. He seemed conquered rather than a conqueror. He came gentle and lowly and humble, and yet he came speaking the truth. And so they cried for his, for his death. Uh, the living stone rejected by men. Um, why do men reject this living stone today? He's not popular, Jesus, today. That is, the real Jesus of the Bible. Why is that? Well, he says things, of course, that go against our nature. He speaks of things like sin and holy wrath and hell. He doesn't tell us, you ever notice Jesus doesn't tell us what we want to hear to tickle our ears? He calls us to repent. He calls us to humble ourselves, not assert ourselves. That doesn't go very well in America. Humble yourself, not assert yourself before the Lord. Um, He tells us that we're not righteous. He tells us, uh, unlike all the philosophers of the day, uh, no, you're not good at heart. Mm -mm. That's what he says. And so men seek to bring him down. They try to speak evil of him. And this is what Peter knew these Christians would be facing as well. And you face, and your children will face. He's the living stone, but he's, he's rejected uh, by men. And no doubt the church of Peter's time, as, our, as the church today, no doubt the danger is, is, is of being discouraged by the fact that the Jesus whom they were following did not seem to be the choice of their generation. He's not the popular choice. And so the church was uh, in danger of being discouraged. Uh, You know, throughout the 20th century and now into the 21st, there's always been this rivalry between Coke and Pepsi, right? It used to be the, um, you know, the early early rivalry of of Pepsi and Coke was, you know, trying to outdo each other for, you know, uh, one was cheaper than the other or something like that. But then eventually Pepsi came up with a new new slogan. I think it was in the in the uh, 60s or something like that. Um, And it was, it was called the, uh, the Pepsi generation. And so if you drank Pepsi, you see, you were asserting that you were a part of this new uh, youthful uh, generation, you know, the generation that rejected the, the path of the fathers and mothers. And, uh, and they kept on with that through the uh, 70s into the, the 80s and then the 90s, I think. They still went with that slogan. Uh, the Pepsi was the choice of a new generation. You know, the choice of a new generation. And you're always kind of uh, on the cutting edge when you are drinking uh, Pepsi. You're rejecting the past. You're setting off on your own um, new ways, new possibilities. Uh, that's what the new generation is looking for. Setting aside of the past. Well, that doesn't go very well, does it, when um, we as Christians speak about the faith of our fathers. Um, We need to turn the page, we're told, in the new generation. A new stage, a new craze, a new wave. You're a Bible believer? That's so 50s. That's so 50s. Obeying God's commands? Are you living in the 1500s or something? Um, You know, it's a new day. A new generation. Jeremiah 6.16, thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. And walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. It was rejected. And so Jesus is the 
the living stone rejected. He's not the choice of this generation in America in a world of, of sin. Uh, and yet Peter wants us to know that though he is rejected as the living stone uh, by the world around us and the world of sin, uh, he is chosen and precious in the sight of God. And he is the living stone, even as he is the living one who rose from the dead. So that's the first thing Peter says. Don't be surprised as the church when the living stone, Jesus, the one whom you stake your life on, is, is, is rejected uh, in the world of men. And even rejected as the Savior and the Redeemer. Uh, this was brought home forcefully to me a number of years ago when uh, I think it was during the Academy Awards, uh, the movie, uh, movie by Jim Carrey <clears throat> that year, I think, won some kind of award. It was a movie called Bruce Almighty. I don't know if you remember uh, hearing of that movie uh, where Jim Carrey, the actor in this movie, is given the powers of God. And um, so it's not a good movie. But uh, he uh, got an award for it at the Academy Awards. And, um, and so I wanted to watch this. I said, well, what's he going to say? Like, what, what's, gonna, what's going on here? And, um, and he basically made this joke at the Academy Awards. He said something like, <clears throat> not only was it great, he said, working with all these people on the film... But as a result of this film, he said with a laugh and a chuckle, uh, the great majority of Hollywood has now accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And great laughter followed. So you ever doubt that Christ is rejected by men? Look to popular culture. This is nothing new. It wasn't new in Peter's day. It's not new for you. It won't be new for your children. Rejected by men, but chosen and precious to the only one who matters. And that is God. And so a living stone, Jesus is. But the second thing we find out in this passage, not only is Jesus the living stone, rejected by men, precious to God, uh, but uh, Peter goes on to say that just as Jesus Christ is the living stone, Christian believers are living stones as well. Notice what he says. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves... Like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. The people of God, according to the scripture, are living stones. Even as they have been uh, born again to a living hope. Remember that in chapter 1? Living hope. And you are a living stone. Now, where do they get their liveliness, these living stones? Well, not because they are born uh, simply living men. We're not lively stones in the spiritual house of God because we're naturally born spiritually lively. Uh, we may be full of natural life in one sense and yet have no part of Christ. The life which joins us to Christ comes by the new birth. This is what Peter has explained to us in the first chapter. Jesus Christ is the living stone, and we only have life insofar as we are found uh, in him. You might remember in our time in the Gospel of Matthew in our evening worship, we came across Matthew 3 where 
John the Baptist is preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and some of the, the, the religious leaders uh, come and John says, what, what are you coming for? You don't see yourself as a sinner. This isn't for those who see themselves as, as righteous. And uh, you might claim to have Abraham as your father. And John says to them, well, listen, God could, God could raise up children of Abraham for himself uh, out of these stones. Remember that? Well, that's exactly uh, the image here. That is what God does. He takes stony hearts, people who are dead in sin, uh, and he makes them alive. And they are called living stones. And we're built up a spiritual house. Notice, Peter says, only in coming to him. As you come to him, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Um, There will be no building, there will be no house without coming to him. That little phrase at the beginning of verse 4, as you come to him, is, a, is a, it's an ongoing action. It could be translated coming to him or uh, as you keep coming to him, you yourselves are being built up. Now we're here, we're faced, of course, with the undeniable reality that people think that a house can, in fact, be built apart from him. Here Peter says, as you come, Uh, You are built up into this great, magnificent spiritual house. But somehow, we get it into our minds and hearts that somehow there can be life and a house uh, and a future without Him. Remember, Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord, remember? Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it Labor in vain. So as you come to him, oh, you're part of this great spiritual house, but there's no building, there's no future apart from coming to him. And friends, here we come uh, face to face with the heart of the gospel, that whoever, Peter is saying in a different way, whoever has the son has life. As you come to him, this is what's true. And whoever does not have the son does not have life. This is not true of you if you don't come to Jesus. Whoever has the Son, Peter says, is a living stone uh, with a glorious place in the spiritual house of God. And whoever does not have the Son has no life and no place in that house of God. Well, how are we built up? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that fits Christians for their place in this spiritual building, uniting them to Christ and uniting them to one another fashioning out of them a true communion of saints. Listen to the Apostle Paul in the uh, letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 2. You'll know these great words. He says this, So then, he's talking to the church, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, sounds very familiar to Peter, in whom the whole structure, notice how the language goes, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So this is a wonderful picture. The Bible's saying that God is the, God is the master mason. And he gathers up stones, he gathers up these rocks, uh, he shapes them, he chisels them, 
Uh, he smooths them and he, he builds them together. The word is he fitly frames them. That is, he, he puts them in, in, their, in their right spot, shaving off all the sharp edges so that they can come up close to each other uh, as they are being built by God the Master Mason uh, into the spiritual house of the Lord. Now that is truly astounding. Notice once the stones are put into the building, they become a part of the house. Every one of these stones is important to the house. There's old stones, there's younger stones, there's big stones, there's little stones. It's not gallstones, I don't think, but um, all sorts of different stones in the church of God. Isn't that true? Short stones, tall stones, fat stones, skinny stones, um, smart stones, not so smart stones. Um, you know, um, We're all very different. And yet the Bible says, and Peter says, uh, that when you are a living stone... You become, just like every other living stone, a part of this great spiritual house. That is, God's not in the business of gathering up a handful of stones and leaving them as individual stones scattered across the ground. They become part of the house. They are meant for the house. They belong to the house. They have a glorious role and part to play in the building up of God's spiritual house. Every Christian is called a temple of the Holy Spirit, but Peter provides this new image here, friends, which tells us that there is but one universal temple or spiritual house of God. As you come, that's plural, as you plural come to Him, you plural, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. What does that mean, friends? It means that the Scripture knows nothing of the kind of attitude that sees the Christian faith as something having to do simply with me and God. How can that be? Uh, when God says, you're a living stone, and your whole purpose is to be fitly framed into the house. You see. The life of the Christian is not simply about getting my soul to heaven. The life of the Christian is not simply about my life and my salvation. Now certainly during COVID, there are times when people had to be at home. All of us were at home at one time having to participate in worship through a screen um, as best we can, given what was happening in, in the nation. But that was always seen as that, well, that's, a, that's an extreme exception that pains us deeply because we know we are meant for the house. We're meant for the, for the whole people. And so we don't go on sitting at home by ourselves. We don't go on listening to podcasts thinking, I don't, need to, I don't need the church. I don't need the spiritual house. I'm, I can just listen to a podcast and I'll be fine. Um, or coming to a church one hour a week, if that, and never being seen again. That is not a living stone in the spiritual house, you see. The life of the Christian is all about being a part of that spiritual house that God himself is building through the work of the Holy Spirit in uniting us more closely, drawing us ever nearer to the living stone, Jesus Christ. And God lives in this house. He's the owner, and we live here by his invitation. Living stones connected to the living stone, Jesus. Is that what you think of when you think of church and the body of Christ? Living stone in the house. Rather than a house, sometimes we treat the church like a hotel. Uh, we saw some hotels on our trip. 
Well, instead of a, you know, a hotel is not a family serving one another, it's I check in and I check out. Sometimes we treat the church like a restaurant, uh, picking what we like from the menu and leaving the cooking and dishes to someone else. Or treating the church <clears throat> like a fitness membership where we pay our dues, but you know, no, <clears throat> nobody really cares or notices if we don't actually go. But we pay our dues, and we're, we're, we're part of that gym club, but we never go. And no one cares if we don't show up. Well, what is the spiritual house to look like? Well, notice what, what Peter says. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, this, of course, was the goal of God right from the beginning and is not some kind of afterthought for his people. Before God gave the people the law on Mount Sinai, this is what he said in Exodus 19. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In the book of Revelation, the lamb is praised for his finished work because he's purchased for God, we're told, men of every tribe, tongue, people, nation. This is the song that is sung of the lamb. You have made us kings and priests to our God. So all the animal sacrifices, don't skip over the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament, they're important. All of them point us toward the, the spiritual worship that God was after from his people. Remember Romans 12.1 urges us, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, your whole life, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You thought worship was coming to hear a sermon and participating in the sacraments. That's part of it. But the Bible says actually your spiritual worship is actually offering your, your entire life in praise and service of God because you are a living stone in the house and you are a priest before God. That is meant to be offering continually the sacrifice of, of your life in praise to Him. So notice here, all God's people are described as priests. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Him, Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, what is that? Well, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. But all God's people are to do that. All God's people are described as priest. Jesus is the great high priest. He's the only mediator, the Bible says, between God and men. So we're not Roman Catholic. We're not Eastern Orthodox. Uh, we don't believe that we need to confess our sins to any other mediator except Jesus. He is the one who's already gone before us. He's made a way for us to the Father. We have access, Hebrews 10 tells us, through the once-for-all sacrifice uh, of Jesus Christ. And that makes us all able to go into the, to the holy place as priests and to serve the living God. So in a very real sense, there's a way in which the scriptures speak, of course, of all of your life and all of my life being worship. You are a living stone in a spiritual house. You are a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now, that, of course, means that all of life, all of your life, all of my life is to be lived in the praise and honor of God. All of our life is to be a spiritual sacrifice. All of our life is spiritual. You know, of course, what Peter is saying here, as living stones, we're not part of a spiritual house one day 
and then part of a non-spiritual house another day. As Charles Spurgeon once said, we don't need religious Sundays, but religious Mondays. Isn't that great? What he's saying is simply this, that if you are a living stone in the spiritual house, you don't, you don't, you don't lose that position come Monday. You are, uh, you are a, a holy, you're part of that priesthood Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, you are always a member of that spiritual house. You are to be continually offering up spiritual sacrifices to God. 24-7, a priest. So yes, how you drive your car, how you run your business, the movies you watch, how you vote, how you teach your children, how you speak to your family, how you handle your checkbook, have everything to do with offering spiritual sacrifices to God every day. You know, of course, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. That's all what it means, says Peter, to be uh, to know Jesus as the living stone. You are living stones. You're being built up into the spiritual house. You're, you're priests offering spiritual sacrifices. But notice, lastly, quickly this, that all that's offered to the Lord, uh, all of it has this, this, this one qualifier uh, right at the end of verse 5, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We do not labor in vain, says Peter. As you're thinking about living in a hostile environment, in a, a hostile world, as the church, he's saying, yes, the living stone's rejected by men, but he's chosen and precious by God. You too are living stones. You're to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But know that even though the living stone is rejected, though uh, the church might be rejected, remember that as you offer this spiritual sacrifice, this is, this is acceptable to God. This is pleasing to God as you live for him. And it's acceptable to him only through Jesus Christ. Because notice again how verse 4 starts. As you come to him, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Friends, there's only one kind of sacrifice that is acceptable to God, and that is a sacrifice that comes through, says Peter, Jesus Christ. Christ. No one comes to the Father, said Jesus, except by me. And there's no spiritual sacrifice that can come to God except through Christ. So as you come to him, Peter says, oh, this is, as you come to him, all your labor in the Lord, all your service of the Lord, all your praise of the Lord, uh, all your, all your uh, telling others about the Lord, this is all acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Anything that is acceptable to him is only acceptable for one reason only, that it comes by way of faith in that precious cornerstone, the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom alone, Peter says, we have access to the Father only by coming to him. And so as we close, this is what we need to remember. Peter says, all of this is true as you come to him. All of this is true, that, that you are a living stone in a spiritual house. God's the master mason. He's fitting you in. You are a holy priesthood. You are offering spiritual sacrifices to God. They're acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And 
all this is true of you as you live in this world of sin. All this is true of you only as you come to Him. Keep coming to Him while you're coming to Him, says Peter. It's not a one-time thing as you continue to come to Him. And that's important for us as we leave this passage this morning that uh, you and I never outgrow Jesus. New Christians come to Jesus as you come to Him. This is all true of you. Living stone in the spiritual house united to Christ. Uh, But seasoned saints, this is true of you too. As you continue to come to Him, this is true of you. You ever uh, wonder why family members don't come just once to the dinner table and you never see them again? Why do they keep coming? Why do they keep coming back for more? (laughs) No, you don't ask yourself that. Likewise, the Bible says you don't come to Jesus once. As you're coming, says Peter, while you're coming, this is what's true of you. Jesus is the living stone. You're living stones in a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable through Jesus Christ as you come to him. Friends, you can come to church, but not come to Jesus. You can come to a service, but never come to Jesus. You can come to a study, uh, but never come to Jesus. You can come to an outreach, but never come to Jesus. You can come to a potluck. You can come to one of our fellowship meals, but never come to Jesus. Uh, You can come to a hymn sing. You can come to all sorts of things, but never actually come to Jesus. And Peter says, as you come to him, the one who we've been hearing about in this first chapter of Peter, as you come to him and through him only, is this true that I, dead in sin, might become a living stone united to the living stone, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that he would use me uh, as a part of that spiritual house to bring glory to his name as I offer spiritual sacrifices, my whole life offered up in service of the king. Is that true of you? As you come to him, have you come to him? This is what Peter would have us to ask today. May we do so. And may we do so today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can again uh, open your word together and hear the Apostle Peter uh, telling us about the great truths that are there for those who are in Christ, for those who have come to Christ, are coming to Christ, who find him to be their all in all, who have tasted and seen that the Lord uh, is good. And so, Lord, we pray today that whoever we are, we would know too that apart from him, there is no life. Apart from Him, there is no building. Apart from Him, there, uh, there is no future uh, for us. But only in and through Jesus and coming to Him might we find ourselves offering these sacrifices to You, acceptable in Your sight, only for the sake of Your Son, the one mediator between God and men, the Lord Jesus Christ, the living stone who makes us living stones, united to Him and united to one another in service of your great name. May it be so of each of us here today uh, for your glory and for our good. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.